good morning and welcome. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIVO. You know, it's, yeah, and yes, we are live right now. So feel free to give us a call if you which would like to. Uh, we will have the recording with Kevin Miller at the back half of the program. You know, it's it's frustrating, I know, to 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 see the market turn around on Thursday in such an incredible way. And we'll talk more about that uh, as we're upcoming. And then to, just to watch it just get cratered on Friday and to give up most of those nice gains. But that's what markets do at turning points. And I don't know if it's turning up or turning down, right? I, we don't know. We've been going down and now it's trying to do something nice and move higher. Tough to do. It's tough with all of the bad news. But it shows you how explosive it can be when markets turn. We've never had, I, I, you know, statistics are incredible, right? Because I just babble about statistics, like, you know, come up with things that have never happened before. And, and, and of course, but it is something to think about. When the market was down 500 points on Thursday morning and closed up over 800, that's quite a turn. And, of course, as we think about it, There's no news. I mean, there isn't anything. And, of course, people are grappling for the reason why something happens. Instead of, you know, just an overriding thing that markets kind of do what they do, there doesn't always have to be a reason for it. And generally speaking, the market is trending higher over long periods of time. It's what they do. And there's short periods that are just super volatile, both up and down. Most of the time, the market just does its thing. But nowadays, we we, we don't get that notice on the porch the next day. A a five-second mention on the evening news that lasted 30 minutes, 15 minutes before, I think, 1972. That's it. That was the amount of news you had. Not not gushing off your phone, your wristwatch, your computer, everything. And, and expecting us to, to think of it in a normal way. Why? Why is the market doing this? Why is it doing that? And, and of course, there's plenty of people out there parading around pretending they know. Or, they, you know, they can explain it to you. And it makes sense that one day with oil prices up, we're, you know, or oil demand up or oil demand down, it explains why the market does what it does. Or a Fed governor speaking about something that they've been speaking about for a long time. Um, We're going to raise interest rates, period. Okay, well, I don't know if they're going to really raise interest. It just goes on and on. It's tough. It's just really hard for us to separate the silliness from the reality of what markets do because it, it, it's just constant. It's just constant drumbeat, boom, 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 boom. You know, we've never had this before, and here's the reason why. And, 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 uh, 
and, 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 and markets can't get better, and then they explode higher, 800 points. It can't get better. These inflation numbers are horrible. And it really comes back down to this. We have to ignore the day-to-day noise. It's really hard. And the day-to-day noise includes the day-to-day news about markets, about inflation. We think we're informed, better informed to better make decisions, and the truth is we're not. Because backing away from it, you come to understand that, no. If I knew all of the news, if I could divine all of what was going to happen, I'd be no closer to knowing what the market's going to do. Because here we have these horrible inflation numbers, which everybody said, if they were horrible, market would go down. I mean, that was what it was. So when you finish up over 800 points, more than 1,300 points off the bottom for the day, how does that pencil out? How does that work? It's a really, you know, and again, and then we take it to the next day and we still listen to the same noise for clarity of what? Certainly not what the market's going to do. So if you knew that the inflation number is going to be bad, and then you knew the market was going to go down, then you knew what to do, and you got crushed. That's the way we think. If you knew, for example, in 2008, that QE1, 2, 3, and 4, all of those things would happen. If you knew that the entire world would take interest rates to where there were trillions of dollars in negative rates. If you knew all that, and you knew Europe would be on the brink of financial extinction, if you will, every spring in 10, 11, and 12, it was going to be led down by all kinds of different places. Greece, Portugal, Spain, and you knew all about it because they told you every day how there were trillions in debt and there was no way it was going to work out. You knew all that was coming. You knew we would have insane elections in 2016, and it would never stop. You knew that the FBI would become corrupt. You knew all that. You'd never invest and the market marches relentlessly higher. We think information, data, gets us closer to understanding and being able to divine the future, and the reality is you can't. And so what you have to do is literally, and I I know this is super hard, is you just buy when prices are down and not worry about where the exact bottom is. It's interesting that we we wish we would have owned Amazon and Google and whatever, you know, whatever your favorite company is, whatever your favorite stock is. Two different things, by the way. And you you, you want to own that. But if only you could get that, you know, like if, if it would just quit going up for a little while and you get a price break. You know, 25% call it. 
maybe even 30. Man, if I could do that, I'd just back up the truck, and I would be all over that. And then you get it, and what happens? You don't do it. Well, you know, but, but the reason why is because you fill in the blank. With all the problems in the world that everybody knows, it's already been priced in. And we think we're being rational. But we also understand something, too, that is really an odd thing, right? Like if I bought this down 30%, if that went down 35, I'd be pretty stupid because I could have waited and I could have got it even cheaper. That's how we feel as humans. Silly? Of course. What does 5 or 10% have to do with 10 or 20 years from now? Nothing. Nothing. Except another missed opportunity, right? Because we can't stand not to get the bottom. Human nature. Human nature always destroys our ability to take advantage of really good bargains in the market. It really does. Now, I know you can overcome it. I'm just saying human nature is there in the way of making good decisions all the time. And we trust our human nature. We, we trust our instinct. We even say things like that, like, man, I really trust my instinct. I mean, I, sometimes I can just feel it. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You think you can because once in a while you have a feeling – Whatever it is, well, I don't know what kind of feeling it is, you know, in a little adrenaline rush for whatever reason, you know, I don't know, endorphins kicked in, happy little thoughts, whatever it was. And you have a feeling, and, and then it was, like, remarkably correct. You just don't remember all the times that the same chemical shot through your body and you were wrong. Because that wouldn't be extraordinary. That would be normal. Dividing the future is really, really Impossible. And, but we think we can. We think there's people that are smarter who can figure it out. And they've been right on about this. And, and what we really don't do then is pull the trigger. We can't seem to pull the trigger. We need to pull the trigger. And then step back and let time go by and fix it. It's super hard. And when markets are like this, right, I mean, they're crazy. We're down 25%. Wouldn't you think that would be a time you'd want to own the great corporations of the world? I do. But for me, too, it's hard to pull the trigger. And 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 honestly, when you're thinking about doing it for Hundreds and hundreds, well, thousands of people. It's a daunting thought when you, it, it's not hard at first. I, I, you know, insight, I'll give you a little insight here. It is not hard when markets are up, up, a little pullback, a uh, little buying opportunity, and then you jump higher. So whenever you get those little pullbacks, that's easy, right? Because that's what's supposed to happen. But what happens inevitably in those types of situations, is you inevitably get a circumstance where markets pull back, mm -hmm. 
And then people come in. They're called dip buyers. They buy the dip. And it doesn't rally. It goes down again. And so you buy some more. Ah, good. I finally got a decent correction here. Now we're down 10. And then it doesn't happen. And then you finally have to go, I don't know if I should be buying these dips because guess what? We're now heading towards and then finally into a full-blown bear market, which we're in. And then the news gets terrible, and nobody, including me, says, I want to go buy. So we have to behave better than our own human emotions want us to, that our own desires are telling us to do. Well, why would I buy now? It's terrible. Uh, you know, and, and you feel this more conservative nature coming up, and it feels like it's the right thing to do rather than buying stocks at really incredible prices. And do I think there's a hurry that the market's going to fly higher? No, no, it doesn't feel like that at all. That's not what I'm saying. Markets aren't looking like they're going to fly higher. They're looking terrible. Do I think there's a rush because next week we're off off to the races, right? No. It doesn't feel like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying help your own psyche this time, the next bear market, all the future ones by doing some simple things. And I do have to take a break, but I'm going to talk about some of those simple things. What do we do in the midst of this to try to fight that psyche? the psyche of uh, terror, and I actually want out. I'm not going to buy more. you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. Who would do that? Uh, I can't do that. Maybe I want to do that, but I can't. All of those things are true. All of them. But we'll talk about some things you can do coming up. We'll take a quick break now. And our number, 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, Welcome. And thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. It's 580-5436-580-KIDO. Yes, we are live. We're going to flip-flop uh, our time with Kevin on Monday uh, to be in the back half uh, of today's program. Hey, you know, um, I love the way statistics lie and liars use statistics. So here's some more statistics for you, right? Um, <laughs> these are, it, it, of course, I, I, I don't just make fun of statistics. I, I, I we use a lot of statistics, obviously, okay? But what you're trying to do is, is you're trying to find general trends, not, not precision with statistics, because the, the, it never works. And it, it's a stunning thing when you think about how much time and effort people put into and in being precise about something. And they'll even state it in some precise way, like the average bear market is down 33.4%. Like, wow, that's a really important number to know because of the 0.4, you know, because like, oh, okay, it's not like, generally speaking, market on average, it loses in a bear market over 30%, which is comprised of some 50% and some 21%, and that's why the number's somewhere in that area. That doesn't mean anything. It's like a pointless number. It's like the average PE ratio uh, over the last 30 years is 16.5. Well, that would be actually about nine days in 30 years. I, I'm not joking. Nine days, was it actually at that? What, what kind of relevance does that have? It's always above or below the average PE. 
but we put some kind of like valuation measurement. Oh, well, okay, what, 16.5. And then if you take our earnings of $200 a share, and that would equal that, then the S&P should be right at 3300 Oh, no, sorry, I mean $3,313.26. That's what our year-end projection is. It's like, what? This is This plays out as... We need to pay these people big bucks because they're like market analysts and stuff. It's important. Yeah, good work. And it's just crazy. Um, they're never right. And they, of course, because they can't be right. Not just like, wow, they're really stupid, so they're never right. No, they're really smart because they, they nailed this job that pays a lot of money for them to be wrong all the time. That's grand. Good on, good on them, right? Generally speaking, though, there are people you listen to, you think about what it is they're, 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 they're talking about and generally using. And when I look at a statistic like this, again, I always just not sit here and put it down. I just think it's important to understand that when the market is down 25%, and we are, where does it go from there? Huh. Well, I, in the next month, I don't know where it goes. Do you? No. How about in the next year? Or three or five. Where, where does it go? Because it doesn't happen very often. And so when it, since it doesn't happen very often, and since 1961, frankly, it's happened nine times. Which, by the way, includes now. This is our ninth time. That's all. It doesn't happen a lot. But... A year later, once it's down 25, which we are, it doesn't say it won't go down 35. Sometimes it's gone down 50, okay? But once it goes down 25, it isn't usually done dropping, okay, on average. It goes down a little bit more on average. Again, irrelevant number, because a year later, from the 25%, not from the bottom, from now, if you will, since we're down 25, from now, it's up 27%. Now, does that mean it's up 33.3 from the dead bottom, which nobody gets to do, but I'm going to try to divine that. I'm going to play that game and lose. See, this, the only point of the statistic is this, not – Wow, we're down 25, and it could go a little bit more, and then somewhere at like 33.3, we should pull the trigger and buy, and then we'll be up like an X percent. No, that is, again, averages. One of those nine periods was down 5% a year from now. Now, five, well, okay, that's all right. No big deal. And it's not a big deal. By the way, that was from the peak of the uh, – 08, 09, bottom. Or do I hang my hat on the 61% up or the 62% up? Which one should I hang my hat on? The minus five or the other ones or the fact that eight out of nine are up. It's up a lot, like most of the time, right? When we're down 25. So I'm feeling like it might be okay to say, uh, we're near a uh, bottom probably. But generally speaking, you don't get hurt over the next year or two ever 
by buying when you're down 25%. This could be the first time, but when we talk about averages that are comprised of numbers like 61%, 62%, minus 5 or 2% up, it's a meaningless average. It's only to say that most of the time, the market's up a lot from this point 12 months later. But it's not all the time. And so when we think about having some actions in the market, we, we what do you do to kind of pull yourself away from this general fear? And I always say, of course, one of the things you do is you got to turn down the noise. You got to leave your statements alone. Quit analyzing everything. You'll analyze yourself into doing nothing, number one. Number two, just have to be upset about things and angry. And number three, most importantly, you're going to waste time and have no clarity of anything. None. None. You'll learn nothing. You just feel crappy. It's not putting your head in the sand to go, you know, I don't really care what it is. I, I'm not going to sit here and run numbers and percentages and figure out how much I'm down. Okay. If you feel that that's really important to make yourself feel crappy, get no insight whatsoever at all, at all, then pencil away. Get the calculator out. Just let your family know that you're becoming really mean and angry and, and just kind of leave me alone for a while because that's what I want to do. No clarity there. We all know what's going on. So that's one thing you can do. One other little thing, and then we'll, i got to take a quick break. One other little thing you can do. Buy a little. Well, I, I don't have much cash. That's all right. doesn't matter. Send a little check. Just a little. Just a little bit. Just a little bit makes a big difference. Because you're doing something. You're empowering yourself. You're doing something with this. Instead of running around in a circle, wondering what you ought to sell, go buy, should I move everything to energy stocks, should I move it to bonds, should I move it to cash, and then get back in, um, what should I be doing? You, instead of doing that, you just you add to your investments that are off 25% or more. Just a little bit. It's the token, if, token sacrifice, if you call it that, right? It's just like, okay, here, I don't want to do this, but okay. And you do it. And it changes everything. It changes everything. doesn't matter. I've got $2 million in the market. It's getting crushed. Here's a check for $5,000. <laughs> it doesn't make any – it won't even get me back to what I lost in the last week. I, I, I get it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the act of doing it. All right, we've got to take a quick break here for Fox News. On the other side, it's 580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. You know, we've had uh, I've had a lot of comments, and I want to thank you all for uh, any time you take time to uh, send me an email. And by the way, it's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Or if you you know if you're driving or whatever, it's just Petso Financial. You can reach us through PetsoFinancial.com. You can also reach podcast uh, reach our podcasts there. Set them up at the Apple Store. And and one of the things that we've really enjoyed doing uh, lately, and I, I'm just going to be doing more and more of it is uh, YouTube and, and Zoom meetings. And, and, and really, we, we do Zoom meetings for our clients and then clip them and send them out as part, uh, you know, send them out being not sending out, but it's, it's on YouTube. 
and you can access those. Whether it's the income story, and that's what I was kind of driving at. Sorry, I kind of lost my thought. I'm back on the freeway now. Um, about the the income story and 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 how uh, I, I know over the past couple of weeks I've talked about income actually increasing on the S and P 500. Your stocks, by and large, if not all of them, are paying more than they were 12 months ago, even though the price is down. And when you start thinking about that, I mean, really thinking about it, it seems inconceivable. And I don't understand how that can be. And all of the things that make you go, wow, I just really never knew that. I never knew that. I never understood that. And that's good. That's a, that's, it's an amazing thing. I, I remember talking about this with Jennifer Stone at the office and, and, and then all the new people that come in, you know, uh, with, with, you know, new advisors and all those things and saying, you have to tell the story in so many different ways until you see it in their eyes because you can't they can't understand how and maybe even you can't at this point in your career right understand how it is that your investment value if you were to sell it really it's not value it'd be price right because value is what you receive which is going up every year which would be increasing the price you receive to sell today is 25% less than it was a year ago. However, the income you receive from that very bucket of money is increased. Huh? How? It's such an important point to stocks. It's such an important point to our peace, our understanding of what we do with income. It's a story we've told for a long, long time. But we get it. I can tell the story, and I can tell by people's eyes. They don't get it. I just uh, what are you telling me? I guess it's just ridiculous. It's not doesn't make sense with third grade math. But it's true. Anyway, I appreciate uh, those of you who sent an email regarding last week's discussion about income planning and how. Our incomes are higher than they were 12 months ago, even though price is down. Price is down. Pretty stunning. Pretty stunning. You know, as we think about that, and you're in retirement, and I'm sure a lot of folks are that listen to the program, I, I get it. You can't add to your investments, or you don't think so. You can't do anything except take it. And, and some people are truly in that spot. But what I want to reiterate is that there are sometimes things you can do to empower yourself. I've watched it over and over again. Not because we call and tell people, hey, um, this downturn uh, is requiring you to take less money out. Person after person did. Call, just called up. Yeah, I don't need that much. We don't need that much right now. Instead of sending 10000 a month, what? Why don't you send a seven? We can pay the bills. I'm not planning to go anywhere big anyway, and yeah, it's we can't find anybody to 
come and redo the kitchen anyway. So, you know, we're just going to put that off for a little while. Bam, you just can't imagine how much they feel that they're now contributing. It's no different than if you were working and you're like, you're going to go on vacation every summer, and, and, and but you're a contractor and, and business is really bad right now in this recession. Well, you don't take the vacation. It's not world ending. It's not even life changing in any way. It's just what people do. And again, I'm not saying you have to, but when people say, I can't do anything, yeah, you probably can. And it'll make you feel a lot better. It'll empower you to, 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 that you are in control of your investments. You're not in control of our own destiny. You're not, you don't know what's going to happen. You can't control the world. I get all that. And that's really not exactly encouraging sometimes, is it, right? To, to feel like I don't really have any control. But to the extent that you can control what you can control and feel better about that and feel better about when times are tough, this, these are little tricks. You know, buy a little bit if you've got a couple of bucks. Yeah, I've saved up a little bit. Then put 10000 in. Just, just do it. I you know, Take a little less if you're in an income position and you don't have extra to throw in. And here's the other one. Go ahead and reinvest dividends. Just reinvest some dividends on, on a couple of different ones. And the compounding is unbelievable. I talk about this all the time. This, this is one that is just like it has moved into the buy zone, right? It's, it's, it's like borrow money on the house, back up the truck, find some money somewhere because it pays a monthly dividend. So it compounds very quickly, and it's off. It's not off market highs because it has such a high dividend. So it's not. It's not the stock. It's not exactly in the stock market, right? But it's off fifteen percent, which means the dividend it pays this month is getting fifteen percent more shares, and that starts paying next month and every month for the rest of your life. It's it's an unbelievable compounding machine when we get prices like this even when you need income, you just find income somewhere else and then we can reinvest on that piece to help long-term financial security even more. There are things you can do to empower you, to take control of some of the things that you can't control. You can't control what Putin's going to do. You can't control that Joe, it, it, it doesn't wait from the helicopter to his bedroom. You can't. We can't control inflation. It's out of our control as an individual. Collectively, sure, we can elect people that are smart, not dumb. But we don't always do that, do we? But individually, you can't control what the market's going to do. You can't divine what it's going to do, but we can control our own emotions a little bit. A little bit by taking control of our own actions. It really does help. So there's a couple things. Just pick one. Pick them all. Don't just stand there and take it. There's a couple things you can do. And if you think so, then don't think about it. Do it. Do it. Go, go grab the checkbook. 
or whatever and send a check in on Monday. Doesn't matter the size, get it done. Make a note, have them pull it out, whatever it is. Take action. It really helps. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and uh, thank you for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. I know, talking about some goofy statistics here and, and, and how to think about them in a different way. I do. And, and again... I, I'm not here just to make fun of statistics. We use them all the time, but we we really, really do spend a lot of time thinking through why they're silly, how they're silly, to make sure that we don't go there. Like we, we, we can figure out what the market's going to do because <laughs> the average is, you know, of eight data points over the last 60 years is 33.3. It is. Senseless, silly. It, it really is. But generally, by thinking about it, you can slow down, and you can say, you know, generally speaking, once you are down a certain number, even if it was fifteen percent, we were running numbers at ten percent. You know, I mentioned this fund that we used at that is, is, is moved into price time is back the truck up time, right? So because it's, it's, it's very, very, it's less than half the market volatility, all those things. And when you get a price break, it's rare, okay? It's really rare, okay? So when you finally get that thing to be down more than 10%, it's unbelievable how good the returns are over the next three years. Even though it might go down 20, 25% in a horrifying bear market, okay? So, in other words, you're not even close when it's down 10, but you go ahead and start buying. And it goes down 10 more. You can't believe, even from that 10%, first 10, how high the returns are three years later. Those are the kinds of things that you don't go, I expect this to do 17.8% per year between now, this moment in time, and the next three years. But when we have hundreds or thousands of data points and they all point higher, it's okay to say, or even if it's a majority, right? It's okay to say, odds favor me doing this now, not waiting. And that's good enough for me. I now don't have to figure out if the market's going to go down more. I'm taking action into the market as it is. I'm doing things. It also helps keep away from that all or none approach that humans have. I don't like the market, so I'm out entirely. Okay, well, that's a big bet. I like the market, so I'm in entirely, even though it doesn't fit my profile. It it helps with that, too. In other words, I'm not buying until I think we're at the bottom. Well, you won't ever, if you're honest, really think we're at the bottom. 
I, I know it's hard to be honest with ourselves. It is. I'm not joking. It's very hard to be honest with ourselves about what we can know and what we can't know. And the future is what we can't know. It's something else, too, when we get in these periods that we find ourselves grasping for all kinds of information. Why do you think CNBC loves, loves bear markets? Because nobody watches them when things are okay, which is the most of the time. And they sell a lot of stuff. They become more famous, and they're better known, and that's what it's all about when you're in this media. So what do you think they're doing? Tonight's special, the calamity in the stock market. Oh, boy, I better watch that. Why? Well, I need more data. Why? Well, so I can try to figure stuff out. Well, you can't. Stop it. You can't. So it's it's coming at it's, it's not like you sit there and, and welcome it all in, but we do. Because we want data, we want information. But somehow we don't want wisdom. We just want data. I know you're never gonna say that out loud. Nobody ever does. But if we stop and think about well, what are we doing here, running around with our hair on fire and running in circles isn't exactly getting somewhere. And we can all sit and chime in all of the data points as to why the world is ending. I get that. All you have to do is pick up the paper. There it is. Listen to a few minutes at the top of the hour. Boom. Got it all. Got all the data points for the day as to why this is really never going to get better. That's easy. That's easy. What's hard is to stop, think about history, and understand that for 300 years, markets have gone to all-time highs. 300 years. Never once did it go away. Multiple times, dozens of times, we had crushing bear markets. Terrible corrections, absolute uncertainty, wars, everything, everything horrible, name it. Idiot politicians, unbelievable. I know, it never happens, only now. Unbelievable, bad stuff, always leads us, always leads us to all-time highs. It's a big bet to think that this is it, this is the end. All right. We're back with hour number two of Money Matters. You hear the music. We'll be right back after the news. Hello, good morning, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. And, of course, these are my opinions and my opinions only, and we're not here to tell you what to buy, 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 or sell, 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 and all of those good disclosures. And we don't know what the future is going to be. We don't. And we're trying to think about this and learn about how to control, <clears throat> excuse me, our own emotions. How to invest correctly. How to have the right humility in thinking about the market. 
and our, quotes, ability to divine the bottom. You know, there's so many statistics out there, and they fly around uh, all the time. Market's too high because P-E ratios are too high. Without any context, that's an absolutely pointless and, and stupid comment. Is it really too high? If interest rates are very low, there's no alternatives in the world. If corporations are making more and more money and the expectation is to, that they're going to make even more next year, no, the answer is no. But one of the things that we have the hardest time with, and we all do, is that we live now, in this moment now. We don't live six months or 12 months or two years from now. We live now. And we really have a difficult time, even though we'll walk around and say it. You hear analysts say it all the time. You've heard me say it all the time. That is, the markets are moving in anticipation of events down the road. Right or wrong. It doesn't make them right. But when people say things like, well, (laughs) Mark's heading into a recession. Yeah. And the sky is blue. Tell me some more obvious stuff. Well, it's a lot of political uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Interest rates are rising. Do we have inflation? What if we have inflation? We are. What if interest rates go, go up more? What if the Fed raises rates more? They will. They've told us they will. Yeah, okay. So what happens? Nothing. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Nothing. Thanks for your help. Yes, it is helpful. What you're missing is the market's down 25% now in anticipation of those events. It might be that those events are worse than you think they are collectively as a market, and it goes down more. It might be that it's overly discounted, which it usually does. The absolute certainty, at least by the feeling of the market, that we are going to have a recession. How severe will it be? That's an arguable point. But it's not arguable that the market has not discounted a recession. It has. It has. The Federal Reserve is promising to raise interest rates. What do you think? Market participants are going to go, wow, I can't believe they raised interest rates. Holy cow. That guy from Boise, he knew. Can you imagine? Wow. He actually read the newspaper. I can't believe it. How did he know? Now let's go ahead and take our portfolios that people entrusted us with pension funds and everything and the billions of dollars in them, and now we'll react like our hair's on fire because we didn't really know interest rates were going up. We all know. What we know isn't worth knowing. I know. It's so hard. It's totally impossible. I have to remind myself that all the time. Because it's priced in. It's not because you're stupid. Quit taking it personal. The fact that you sit in front of the TV, radio, all the time, your cell phone, the the computer, and you dig deeper into the dark web, good for you. Get some more financial pornography. That should help a lot. That'll help a lot. You'll have more data about what you already believe. Clearly, clearly, that's the way to 
I guess that isn't the way to wisdom, is it? To, to entrench ourselves in our own beliefs, don't show me any facts otherwise, is not getting wiser, is it? It's dumbing down. It's making sure I'm entrenched. I can't think. I can't accept any other facts. Hard. It's so hard. We get in this position. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Markets are moving in anticipation of events. I think the easiest way for my mind to think about that is to think about a biotech company. Why would I own a biotech company that has no drugs, has no earnings, they sit and burn cash? Because they're getting closer to, let's call it a, a, a drug, to help cancer patients. And, you know, they got through trial number one. Now, too, or in a group of private investors got together and was like, there's some really good hope with this particular thought process. We're going to fund it. So the biotech company, who would, who would buy that on their earnings? Nobody. The answer is zero. We're buying it to own it because we think there's hope for future profitability if they come up with this drug. There's certainly no reason to own it today. But if you were to wait until they announced, we're, we're successful, and we think this market is $100 billion a year, do you think you have an opportunity to buy the stock at that point in time and make money? Of course not. It's an anticipation of events, and yet we just can't think that way. I get it. It's hard. How do you possibly think down the road and we don't know how far down the road. And think about the market. So when you tell people, it doesn't matter if we have a recession. It, 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 I think it sometimes makes their head explode because you can't figure out how much of the recession is in that 25%. How much is interest rates? How much is lack of leadership? Uncertainty. Does anybody really know what corporate profits are going to be in 2023? The answer is no, although Wall Street continues to parade around and pretend that they do. Well, you know, our numbers show. I mean, it's just this is really unbelievable. They're like never right. And we just sit and go, wow, that was Goldman Sachs. They think earnings for the S&P are going to be 200 and $10.23 for the coming year, times 16.5 PE on the average means we're a little overpriced by about 5% right now. So I think the market's going to go down five. Really? Because nine days in the past 30 years has the market been at a PE ratio of 16.5. Nine days. Well, that's something to hang your hat on. There's a stat. And, of course, we need, need to have the exact certain number of what earnings would be as well which has not ever been right. We don't know, but we cling to statistics. We cling to this all the time. We, we just have to have numbers. We have to have some certainty. We have to have things we can measure and, and, and chart and graph and look for averages, and then, then we can figure stuff out. We can't. We can't. We simply can't. And so it really does help to think about the market moving in advance of 
collectively of where it thinks it's going, and most of the time it's wrong. But if we get directional right, call it a win, call it good enough, call it a home run. You know, it's like in in the old days, listening to John Templeton go, you know, I don't know where the next, you know, back when the market was like, you know, 800 or something. I don't know where the next 100 points are going up or down. But the next 1,000 points will be up. Don't know when precisely, but directionally, directionally. That's what we need to be about, not, not precision. And it's really hard to sit through these tough times and go, but directionally we're going to all-time highs. Huh? But I'm down 25%. How am I going to have income? What are you talking about? Shouldn't we be moving to this or that and all these other things? And, of course, all of that is helped by getting more data on your computer, watching more news, making sure you catch the evening special report on CNBC about the market meltdown. That will help you get more clarity. Be sure to listen to the doom and gloomers, constant reporting of how you too can have market participation and no risk. Wow, that's perfect. The key to winning is never losing. Yeah, okay, good, all right. We all get it. Not doable, not possible, but desired. We're drawn to that. We're drawn to certainty when the reality is you can't have it. And we're all much better off if, we, if and when we get that. There isn't certainty. The market's moving in advance. If we have a recession, the market won't do anything. If, for example, here's what's weird, because it's right now, it happened. What if we get a bad inflation number? Like last Thursday, <sighs> market has to go down. But it didn't. Uh, well, what was the news? What, uh, it was, wasn't, was it better than expected? No, it was worse. Um, but some part of the report must have been really good, like showing that we're peaking in inflation. No, no, it wasn't. It was all bad. All bad. Well, but Joe got up and showed great leadership on that number. Really? You must have been watching something different than I did. Well, but the Treasury Department came out and really had some good things to say. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was bad. And here's the bottom line. It was expected to be bad. The market had already gone down. Remember? And then they announced what everybody already knew. We're in an inflationary environment. So weird. I bet you didn't know that. Here we are to tell you the official government number for one month, which is actually only three weeks. But that's okay. It's super important number that everybody already knew. Everybody already knew. 
So the market ends up ripping higher. 1,300 point turnaround. That's a lot. That's a lot. Is it up, up, and away from here? I don't know. I doubt it. Does it seem like it? But I don't have to know that. <clears throat> what I have to do, pardon me, what I have to do is control me. I have to control me. I have to say, I want to own things that are down in price. That's what I want to do. Now, you don't have to. You can be a momentum investor. You can buy GameStop. You can put $10 on the Knicks game, and you can put $10 on the GameStop game. And you can be a high roller. Now, yeah, you're not an investor. You're a gambler. There's nothing to do. And you, you'll lose your money because everybody does gambling. 100%. Just absolutely certain you will. But you can play. And you can pretend to be smart. And you can pretend to know data. You can stand around and talk to your buddies and stuff at work and talk about how smart you are. No, I'm not playing GameStop anymore. No, I'm on Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. Ruby. You can sound super smart and throw money away. Most of the rest of us are not trying to do that. We're trying to think about things in a long-term concept and understand the simple thing. Market's down 25%. It's anticipating problems. Recession. Causing a hit on earnings. That's in there. Interest rates rising in there. The question is, is it going to get worse than the collective thinks or better? I don't know. But we've got to start changing our mind. But, but what's going to happen with the recession? It's already in there. Nothing is going to happen. That's the story of last week in my mind in a nutshell. Inflation. That's it. We saw it in real time. All right. Kevin and I are up to bat next. I hope you have a great rest of the weekend, and I'll be talking to you live next week. Thanks for tuning in.